The Mechanics of Love and the Real Purpose of a Love and Peace Movement, explained like you've never heard before. Welcome to the Anahata Singularity. An update on the incident that spurred the last episode. Uh, I ended up having to block her, not out of anger or because I can't handle a difference in opinion, but because originally this person actually said she thought that maybe we should give the original conversation a rest and then come back to it at a later date when things had cooled down. Well, when she cooled down. However, she came back at me a couple days later wanting to argue again and not in any productive way. Now, I can debate with a person all day long as long as they're respectful, but if you get disrespectful, then we're done talking, and that's only because I'm well aware that once a conversation gets personal, it ceases to be productive. Or if I feel something I said evoked one of your tormenting demons, I'll bail then too because the exchange isn't benefiting either of us in any way, especially the other party. And I feel both were the case in this situation, so I decided if she couldn't see anything I had to say, she'd probably be better for it. All right, on with the subject of today, and this episode is an extension of the last one. And what we're going to talk about today, again, is what's this love and peace shit all about? Okay, so you're just an ordinary person who normally minds your own business, You're not a bad person, but you really don't normally go out of your way to feed the hungry or even smile at a grouchy stranger or anything like that. You're living life just as you feel everyone should, off the radar and no wave making. Then along comes some asshole like myself who sounds like some kind of hippie half the time telling you that it's necessary to upset the little neutral vanilla balance you have going on in your life right now. Well, I'll tell you why it's necessary, and I'll explain the mechanics of such behavior like no hippie or these so-called spiritual gurus ever have. You hear me talk often about duality and how this entire system is built on it. If you're a regular listener, then you're also aware that opposites are divided by us into good and evil, favorable and unfavorable, and that these distinctions are something of perspective, a concept not shared by the universe itself. It's a very difficult concept for most to get past that the universe is indifferent to your perspectives and choices. Perspective is the specific punishment delivered after mankind partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The word knowledge could easily be switched out with the word perspective. Now you'll have to wrap your mind around that one before the rest of this episode will make any sense to you. But assuming you're already there, I'll proceed. I learned so much about reality through everyday activities and unattached observation, and one of the things that has taught me so much about life is trading on the stock market. One important thing in particular is something called divergence. Divergence is something that occurs when one trend gains enough momentum to temporarily cancel out the momentum of an ongoing trend. You may see the market go sideways, as we say, for a bit, And what this is, is roughly equal buying and selling pressure. This is a tipping point. The ongoing trend will continue if there's not enough momentum going the other way, or it will flip and begin moving in the opposite direction if enough momentum is present in the new trend. 
The stock market is perfectly symbolic of duality within the universe and demonstrates the universe's indifference of which way a trend goes. It simply doesn't give a shit. On the stock market, it's buyers and sellers who invest their focus, emotions, and beliefs into that system. The stock market just quietly does its thing. It goes up and it goes down. The secret here is that just as buyers and sellers are what moves the market, it's people choosing sides out here in the world that moves the universe. We're making an investment every day of our lives, whether we're aware of that fact or not. We're investing in our own reality. We're actually in total control and don't know it. The reason why is because we choose to operate as individuals and the chaos we see in our world is also reflected in the stock market. So what I'm saying here is if everyone got together and decided to buy a stock, its value would rapidly rise through the roof, and likewise, if everyone sold and short-sold it, it would fall through the floor. You know I talk about the language of the universe on my podcast and how everyone is reading it all wrong. So let's continue that discussion while using the stock market analogy. Okay, so you would have had to have been living under a rock not to have heard about the GameStop debacle. So reading the language of the matrix, what is this telling us? Well, what supposedly happened was a bunch of people got together and decided to invest in this one particular stock on the premise that if enough people of like mind bought or sold, the fate of the price of that stock was entirely in their hands, that their numbers were so great that even the market makers couldn't do anything about it. This is the universe telling you that if you want to stop the game, enough like-minded people have to get together to make that happen. You follow me so far? All right. Currently, within this duality that we call reality, the force we know as the Archons have us under a hate-slash-fear spell. And because we're programmed to enjoy drama, consequently, we're addicted to the thrill we get from constantly seeing a bad guy around every corner. We're constantly trying to stay on the right or correct side of the fence while the Archons are perpetually moving the fence post around and switching out which side of the fence is the good side. They're the only ones who know the entire thing is an illusion, not unlike shining a laser pointer all around a room and watching your cat practically tear the house apart trying to get something that isn't even there. And that's what they're doing to us, you know. They're the asshole and we're the cat. So where does all this love and peace hippie shit come in? Well, if you've been paying attention, you know that momentum going the other way is what works to reverse trends. Love, peace, and kindness are what breaks the hate-slash-fear spell. That's it. I'm not a proponent of a love and peace movement because it's morally correct or because it gives me the warm fuzzies to walk the earth like Cain on the show Kung Fu. I do it because I know that if it gains enough momentum, it'll drive things back the other way. Enough human kindness to cause a trend will cause enough momentum to eventually create an opportunity for divergence. The goal being that quiet sideways state that I was talking about in my stock market analogy. Now, if any traders are listening, they might be of the opinion that a sideways market is anything but quiet. You get what traders call whipsawed in sideways markets, but that's only because you are financially invested in predicting which way the market will move next. And if you're a retail trader, you know that those days can eat you alive if you get careless. Using the universe as an example, when trends cancel each other out and go sideways, one would hope that everyone would be personally invested in keeping it there in a perpetual state of balance, a place where everyone wins because no one is losing either. And that's not always the case, and that's why we're at where we're at right now. And I see people out there asking why everything is so fucked up. 
while they're contributing to the fucked upness of it all. I have a saying, and it's this. Are you alleviating the problem? Are you perpetrating the problem? Or are you doing nothing at all? If the collective were able to answer this question as one unit, you already know what the answer would be. And then it would become painfully obvious as to why exactly everything is so fucked up. You dig? The other benefit of turning the tide and bringing the universe back into a state of alignment is that those moments of balance is where the veil is the thinnest. That's where you see it all for the illusion that it is and the collective can choose to walk away from the game at that point. Not only does this work on a grand scale, but this is also true for individuals. Once you bring your life back into balance, that's when you have the most clarity. That's when you see it all for the big sequence of bullshit that it really is and begin to relax as you move forward. You essentially exit part of the matrix. And why is this? Why the moment of clarity while in that state of balance? Well, that's when you're least invested in any outcome. Only in this state are you able to see that all of your previous perspectives were just an illusion. That's why we have the saying, hindsight is twenty-twenty. It's not necessarily just because you can see all the ways around the maze once you've been through it, but because you now are looking at the maze no longer blinded by any one perspective. The whole thing is clearer now. Problem is, once you become re-immersed in another of life's quandaries, the negativity starts back up and you start struggling again. If we could see humanity from a bird's eye view, we'd see a bunch of people screaming for help, complaining, and swimming their ass to exhaustion just to stand up and find out that it was just two feet of water the entire time. You'd expect the dumb motherfuckers to walk to the next puddle and check the depth first, but they never do. They plunk down in the next one and behave the same exact way. To stop the cycle, we all have to change our attitude, our perspective. If we all keep thinking that there's no point or that one person can't make a difference, well, expect the trend to continue in the direction that it's going. Don't blame each other or, quote, them, whoever the fuck them is. Blame yourself. Only when everyone starts to take responsibility for the state of things will anything change for the better, and not a moment before. And that change has to start with someone. A tsunami just doesn't come out of nowhere. It begins with a slight deterioration in some geological structure, the tiniest of deviations. It then spreads until there is a major collapse, one which is sent around the world in the form of an out-of-control wave. I'm not saying be the wave. I'm saying be the slight deviation that leads to the collapse, that leads to the wave. And there's one more point that I'd like to make, and this is regarding the spiritual community itself. I'm addressing them specifically because this is where I'd expect those first deviations to originate. But looking around, I, I see some bizarre shit out there. A bunch of you guys are claiming to be starseeds and Pleiadians and Lemurians and stupid shit like that. You're not. You're not really. The truth is most of you are probably underpaid waitstaff who still hold resentment for your upbringing who hates the size of their tits or the length of their dick, who yells at their kids and forget to feed their goldfish for days on end. All that shit is just the ego feeding itself with more distractions, more nonsense. Besides creating another illusory caste system, you're overcomplicating the issue. Be okay with who you are for a change and just try going out into the world and being the best person that you can. That's it. This whole online warrior thing is fucking stupid and it isn't accomplishing anything. And I've heard a lot of you out there saying, let it collapse. You have no clue, no clue what you're saying. If that happens, the death toll, the cruelty, 
the suffering would be legendary. Most wouldn't survive, and the ones who do will probably wish they hadn't. If you think your office job sucks, wait until you're surviving from minute to minute in a world more cruel than you can possibly imagine. I think a lot of you believe there's a pot of gold waiting for you on the other side of a collapse, like the potheads, the socialists, the crypto people, or you fucking Nassara Gassara people. There isn't. A lot of you think that living off-grid is a romantic idea because of shit you saw online or some reality show, but it wouldn't be like that at all. Let me remind you that the entire reason for the first industrial revolution was because life, as it was before that, fucking sucked even worse. I see a lot of you talking about fleeing society rather than trying to fix it, uh, about building your own little communities. Even if the shit that's going on right now wasn't global, surviving off-grid isn't what you think it is. Imagine the difference between life and death balancing on whether or not you successfully collected and stored enough food for the winter. And that's growing crops and hunting. You know anything about curing meat? I bet you don't. Or survival depending on whether or not you cut down enough trees and sawed and split that shit so you don't freeze to death. And if someone like my family were in your commune, do you think for a second that we're going to want to share a food that we broke our back all summer producing with families who sat around all summer getting high and making bead bracelets? Don't fucking fool yourself. My family would eat your family. And how about marauders? You ever think about that? Or dealing with angry, hungry, wild animals? You think that would be a picnic? In communities? Of what? Like-minded people? I see you guys blocking each other over the shape of the fucking earth, for Christ's sakes. I got unfollowed personally by a few people for having a friendly disagreement with one of the self-proclaimed leaders of the so-called starseeds. I mean, what the fuck? I shit you not, it really fucking happened. One of them replied with a gif image of someone with glowy eyes and the words, no one can stop what's coming. I mean, how can someone like that even think that anyone could ever take them seriously? Only in a game of Dungeons & Dragons should any of this shit ever happen. It's a fucking joke. And these are the people talking about war. With what or how, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But these are some people in, in serious need of some introspection. And war? You know what that is? I told you in a previous episode that that's nothing more than consenting to being murdered by the system. And it won't lose any sleep over it if it comes to that. And let me remind you, stupid asses, that if you can't handle words or a difference of opinion, how well do you think you'll fare living off-grid, much less in any battlefield? People, the shit that you think up in your head usually doesn't jive with life experience. And the worst time to figure that out is when lives are at stake. To the people in the West who think all this stupid shit up, let me tell you something, and I want you to listen close. If you can't survive in this current system as abundant and full of opportunity as it is, you won't survive in any system. That's a fact. Make 100th place trophies and your fucking ass will come in 101st or worse every time. Best to get out there and try and maintain this one while it's still there. The greener grass on the other side of this fence is wheat that you'll have to break your back over all summer while praying that torrential rain, drought, and locusts don't come to destroy it. And then, if it makes it that far, store it away for the winter and pray that rats, mold, or thieves don't find it. Any of those things would be a death sentence. Think, goddammit. Grow up and think. Alright, in conclusion, I strongly encourage everyone to go out and make a difference any way and everywhere that you can. It's more powerful when things are done from the heart, but it's not entirely necessary. The more you do it, 
the more of a heart connection you'll develop with the act and the people you encounter. In fact, I believe that the people who are kind of hung up on the whole who am I to try to change the world or why should I even bother, they'll benefit most from the perspective I presented in this episode. Because of my background as an occultist, my concept of love is different than most. To me, it's not something to spare everyone's feelings and hand out a 35th place trophies kind of thing. And it's not about laying down for everyone's bullshit either. Love, as a concept, is a consolidation of polar opposites and the consequential destruction of the illusion that there was ever any opposition there at all from the start. When you see two conjoining circles in occultism, the shape in the center is called a vesica Pisces, and it is a representation of that love that I'm talking about. It's not just a feeling. It's also a function, a powerful function. When I talk about love, I do so outside of the bounds of what's morally correct, but instead as a direction correction necessary because society is currently out of balance. See you guys in the next one.